0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the Late Pick 5 at Fairgrounds this Saturday, January 22nd, 2022. This is show number 157, January 21st, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, are you excited about the NHC next weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um back at the old uh wintertime uh timing of it of the event. Um the weather hasn't been the best lately, but um hopefully next weekend will be better than it has been the last few weekends. We'll avoid cancellations and a bunch of off the turf races and should be fun. Uh hopefully everybody can get over there and stay healthy and we'll see how it goes. I'm well, last NHC was not a memorable one for me. I was sick the entire time. I was sick for the last week, finally starting to feel better right now. So, I'm just hoping I can get there and and stay healthy for the the weekend. That'll be, you know, an accomplishment in and of itself whether or not I pick a winner.
0: Yes, at least you're going and I am not going for the first time I think since 2014, 13 or 14. I didn't make it this year. I didn't try that hard, but um I did, I did enter a number of contests, so uh, I just swung and missed in 2021. So uh, looking forward to getting back on the back in the saddle for next year.
1: Yeah. And that happens sometimes. And that's one of the, I think, nice parts about the NHC is you, you do have to win, earn your way back in. You don't, no one's entitled to a free trip or to buy their way in. You you have to earn it. And when you have a busy schedule and you have other priorities, that can be tough sometimes, but still, I think it makes the event a little more special that way. And I hope that's one thing that never changes.
0: Support the sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page, go to patreon.com slash sport of Kings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash sport of Kings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special returning guest. He's the NHC champ of 2012, having won $1 million that year. He was featured on the series Horse Players. He's Michael Baychock. Michael, welcome back.
2: It's great to be back, guys. Thank you. It's only been a little less than a year. Um, but I know whenever the fairgrounds comes around, my phone starts ringing, and I'm always here to answer. So it's great to be back on the, on the on the pod
0: great to great to have you back and um are you attending the NHC next week
2: Oh yeah absolutely yeah it's going to be yeah i only have one seat i'm working on my second which I, you know time is running out the clock is ticking uh and it will be uh it'll be my last one my last NHC for i don't for the foreseeable future so i hope to go out with a with a bang and 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 go out with some cash and maybe even, you know, hopefully make the final table or something.
0: Why is it going to be your last for the foreseeable future?
2: It's just I'm I'm just at this point, you know, I've been going hard at this and I know you guys probably understand too. You know, going hard at the horse racing thing for, you know, at least 10 years and even a few years before when I won, you know before I won the NHC. And i need a break first and second um you know i'm just frustrated with the with the course and what i see is the future of of horse racing on the gambling side and um so you know and and that frustration enters into my handicapping these days which it used to not you know um you know back i don't know in the day you know 10 years ago 15 years ago, you know, we kind of knew and played the trainers that were, you know, winning races and moving horses up that we thought, okay, it's just not natural. It might be drugs or something. And that was just part of the game. And there were just a few and they maybe weren't at the major tracks or winning the major stakes races. But I think that's all changed now. Um, And so the frustration of seeing a horse do something that is unnatural and winning a big stakes race, you know when you had a great opinion on another horse, you know that got beat by that horse, it's just too frustrating. And so you know the takeout has always been, as you guys know, one of my pet peeves. Uh, that's not gonna change in horse racing. We're not gonna lower takeout. Uh, and there's just other options these days in Louisiana where I live for for you know gaming, leisure, recreational dollars daily fantasy sports is a lower takeout um proposition sports betting is a lower takeout proposition so i'm just you know going to move my you know gambling dollars for the foreseeable future into something else that you know i enjoy and you know can hopefully can be good at and leave horse racing you know kind of behind for the time being
0: well we're going to miss you on the pod aren't we
2: <laughs> well, you know, my editor at the newspaper, the first thing he said was uh when I told him, uh, because I sent an article that's gonna be published this weekend, uh, on this topic. And he said, Well, will you still do the chalk's choices? And I am like, Well, of course I'll still do chalk's choices. I mean, I don't next season for the fairgrounds. I mean, I it's not I'm not betting, but you know, um, I can still handicap, right? I think a lot of people apparently do that on on television, on, on the, on the horse <laughs> racing shows, you know? So, I mean, I could be one of those, one of those guys or gals. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll, I can come back this time next year let's just put it on the books. I'll be available and we'll, okay. do, it, we'll do the pod and
0: we'll Fantastic. see where
2: I'm at at that point. You know? We'll hey, you may,
0: you may decide you enter a few contests as well.
2: I may, I may not. That's right. I'm not, you let know, me just say I, one, one further thing. I'm sorry. Chris, I'd say I'm going to go to the track, right? I'm going to go to Saratoga. When I go to Vegas, I'm going to bet on horses. You know, I'm not totally – I'm just giving up kind of the uh, day-to-day following, investing uh, in the races that I've done for, you know, the past five, six, eight years. That's what I'm giving up. But I'm not totally giving up horse racing. I think horse racing has really given up on me as a customer. So I'm not, I just don't want to invest any more into them.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say, I appreciate a lot of what you said and can relate to it. Um, But I have a question for you because, you know, I've, I've been involved in other kinds of gambling, you know, cards and, and (laughs) sports and fantasy sports stuff. But to me, they all pale in comparison to gambling on horse races. I just think it's such a better game, not just as a gambling game, but as a game. So I'm just wondering, do you share that opinion or do you just kind of lump it in there with all those other types of, of gambling Um, and entertainment?
2: You know, I don't know whether I have the perspective yet to make that call because I'm just, I'm, I'm a real newbie. I've all, you know, I played cards and online poker when it was around and was successful. Um, I don't do well live games. Um, Maybe I'll reserve the right to answer that when I've, you know, done a little bit more and invested a little bit more time and money into daily fantasy sports and to sports betting um, and just, and see, you know, is it a better game? I don't know. It's kind of, you know, very subjective. Um, Is the takeout lower? Yes. Uh, The payouts lower? Probably you know, unless you're making some crazy, weird parlays and stuff, you know, but daily fantasy can pay. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll reserve the right, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. And I hope you are, because it will if it is, if what you say is true, then it may bring me back to horse racing, you know, sooner rather than later.
1: Well, we'll treasure these moments talking races (laughs) with you now, Michael, hopefully, like you said, we can book it again next year, maybe next year you'll, you'll change your perspective a little bit. I, but I, you know, I agree there's so many problems that need to be resolved and they don't seem like they're getting much attention and it could be so much better for the players. I absolutely agree with you, but man, this is such a fun game to play and to, it's such a a fun game to, you know, just handicap and play. And it's so challenging, but it can be really rewarding at times as well. So that's the one thing racing has going for it. I mean, it's, it's so good. It's hard to believe it is something this good has, not hasn't, um, you know, evolved in, in a different direction than it has, but we'll see, maybe things will get better over time, but I definitely I hope, appreciate your, your points.
2: I appreciate that. And I, I'm hoping and pray and I'll do whatever I can, you know, to, to help improve the game or make it better or get these things that we all think, you know, we know, as smart, intelligent people um, that should be done in horse racing that are just not getting done. And I'm hopeful. I still have hope that they will get done. And, and you know, maybe I'll, I'll come back. But it's just not fun anymore, to be honest, Chris. That's the real, you know, that's probably the crux of it, you know. It's that's sad. That, yes, yeah, and that's, that's what uh, uh, Tommy
0: Massa said, and he still tweets about it, Gulfstream. Um, of course, he's complaining, but, um, but he's still playing.
1: Yeah, I told Tommy. I figured he's more of a boxing retirement than a real retirement, but um, <laughs> we'll see.
0: All right, well, let's uh, let's get into this pick five, which, you know, one thing we have to admit is this racing is pretty good. Five really nice stakes races, starting with the 10th, which is the Marie G. Krantz Memorial, a mile and a 16th on turf, purse of 100000 for fillies, mares, four-year-olds and up, Note that catch-a-bid and summer in Saratoga uh, will be scratching. We we got that reliable information from Marcus Hirsch on Twitter, and uh, he's usually been good with that in the past, so we'll just have to trust him. Michael, where did you land in this race?
2: The Marie Krantz Memorial. Marie used to own Jefferson Downs, um, and then she and her family bought the fairgrounds, just as a little historical note um, for those who are interested in that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm going to go skinny in this pick five starting here. And I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm, I am landed on top with the, I think it's the eight. I don't have my program numbers, but Janelle Monet, the Brad Cox trained Brazilian mayor um, who has not run since April, but I believe she's undefeated with a dead heat. And I just know that he, Cox has been pretty good with these, especially at the fairgrounds. I don't know what his numbers are um, at the fairgrounds specifically, but I do remember a few horses over the past few seasons that he's brought here from overseas, from South America, that have really run well on the turf. I expect this one to be one of those. um, First Lasix, working pretty well, um, and I, I think this one will run well today. The other horse I really like, I guess, the other skinny part is Abscond. Um, maybe has a, you know, a bit of a class that has been running grade ones and grade twos. Um, the, the only, the only issue I have is she seems a little bit allergic to winning, um, but that could be that just because she's been running against much better horses um, that she won't face today. So, I think it's between those two. If if, um, if Scon, you know, runs back to her last couple races, I think she wins, she gets the rail. That's going to be the preferred place to be with the uh, rails on the turf course at zero. And she has a little bit of early speed to place herself. So I, I just I, I'm I'm between those two in in this race.
0: Janelle Monet, I have a hard time believing is actually going to be 8 to 1 but we shall see. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Chris, right. what did you think here?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I agree with what you both said about Janelle Monet. Uh, I think the horse may the best horse in the race probably is, but I don't see how you get eight to one with Joel Rosario and Brad Cox on the undefeated group one winner. Uh, just the morning line seems really, really bad. If the horse does go off at eight to one, I'd worry that there's something wrong with the horse. Um, so I agree both ways on that one. I do have one question for Michael before I offer my other opinion on the race. Um, turf course condition—it stopped raining. It looks like they're running on the turf today. I just watched a race, and it looks like there's some give in the ground. What do you think about the course? You know, what's your prediction about the course condition tomorrow?
2: It does take a while to to you know to dry out. We're not getting any sun today, um, but we'll have. You know probably you know five six seven hours of sun tomorrow um but i don't think it'll be on the firm side there's no question that it won't be firm It'd probably be more on the good to almost yielding you know today the times looked a little slower um so it won't be a normal firm fairgrounds turf course if there ever is such a thing because the course is below sea level so it's hard to keep water out of the ground but i think it'll be fine i think it'll be you know uh a little less than uh, probably a real good a real you know good turf course tomorrow
1: yeah i was thinking maybe it's going to be more towards the softer side but we'll see um maybe you're right i i I was just going to note that janelle monet had actually won over a course that was soft. So I think that's another thing you don't have to worry about with that horse. And if it is softer, a horse I think that has a good shot is the 10 past the plate, who first of all just loves fairgrounds, runs its best there. And it's run well over yielding course on the fairgrounds. It's been training well. And you can toss its last race on the dirt. The problem with this horse is it comes from way out of it. It's kind of pace-dependent, trip-dependent. And that's why it tends to run third more than it wins. Um, so the six-to-one price on that one, uh, it's about I, – I, it doesn't get me super excited. But if it were to float up above that price, to me, you know, past the plate, should be rolling late, assuming the the course is not favoring speed. And it does seem like there's enough pace in here to – keep things honest then i i think past the plate might be the the closer to play so that's number 10 past the plate so i'm going to go with although i won't argue at all with michael about janelle monet as well
0: okay uh so just a little heads up to you guys and our listeners i was uh very busy with work today and did not have a chance to handicap as as much as i would like so my opinions uh take with a little bit of a grain of salt in this race though i did ha- I, there are two horses that i'm quite interested in the first one is adelaide miss who is trained by Brittany van uh Brittany t russell who was a former assistant to brad cox She's starting off with a bang. She's hitting at 27% her last 90 days, and she's hitting at Fairgrounds. And this horse has run pretty fast. She ran pretty fast in, uh, in June at Pimlico and won her debut at f- Fairgrounds uh, at a lowish price, but won and has speed, and speed is very dangerous in this race. So, so that's the one that I like on top, but I would also use Lovely Ride, who has a nice pattern and is fast enough to win
1: yeah Michael, jump in. You have anything else?
2: Yeah, no, I don't have anything to offer. Uh, I mean those those are, you know, certainly <laughs> I, I like the Brittany Russell. you know, I think she I think she trains mostly all up in Maryland. But she sent some of her turf horses, I believe, down here to New Orleans, um, and she's, like you said, she's had some success. So um, I, I'm just going to have to skinny in this race, just because I'm going to go a little deeper in some of the others.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I think Lovely Ride seems to be much better on the turf, um, and is interesting if you get that price of the Brittany Russell horses I I actually like the other one 7 out of sorts probably better than 6 Adelaide Miss. I think the 6 might be more in there as a pace setter than anything else. I could be wrong about that. Um but I think she's in there more to set it up for her stable mate than to win the race, but who knows? It may be a speed favoring turf course and she may get loose, so not impossible. Um the one bomber that I'll toss out in here Is the nine assertive style who had just a miserable trip last out. Um just broke poorly and then was parked incredibly wide on both turns. Um so you can just toss that race and and you know races prior to that kind of fit in here. The they get the jock switch, which isn't surprising um given the the trip last time. And the trainer and jockey do really well on turf routes, they're actually I mean, on a small sample size, but they're five for six in the money and um, two wins. So I kind of like the change of riders. And the horse is in the nine post, but we know there's at least two scratches. And um, hopefully the horse has some tactical speed. You know, hopefully that horse can work a trip. Um, so and that horse could be any price because it's 21 in the morning line. It's coming off a, you know, a really poor finish last time. And I wouldn't be surprised if that one, you know, floats up well above that twenty loin morning line.
0: Okay, we'll move to the eleventh race. It's the Silver Bullet Day, a mile and seventy yards on dirt, purse of one hundred fifty thousand for three-year-old fillies. Chris, why don't you get us started?
1: Hey, I'll be boring on this one. I think the two favorites, the four Sweetest Pie and the five La Crete, kind of lay over everybody. I, I can't really separate them much. They're both really good horses, well-bred. It seems like LaCrete may have a tactical edge, um, but there's sweetest pie has some speed, too, and it's slightly raced. So, you know, between one of those two is probably going to win. Neither one's worth betting, um, but it's hard to leave either of those two out if you're playing the picks. So I think this is one you just got to take your medicine and, and try to try to get through without leaking too much equity if you're playing, you know, the picks. Um I'm so I that's about all I have to offer on this race. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you hit the pick five, hopefully it won't it won't it won't feel like taking medicine. Michael, where did you land here?
2: I, I landed the same way. Um it was just hard to separate those two. Uh you know, LaCrete's first race was kind of, you know, just she just bolted out of the gate and, and, you know, opened up a pretty big lead and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe she's just going to quit and she didn't. And she just kept running on. And so, you know, that's a pretty nice start for the, for, you know, a horse, um, especially around two turns for the first time, she's going to be tough. Sweet as pie Uh, might just trip out a little bit. If LaCree gets a little, um, pressure on the front, which doesn't look like she will, except for maybe the one who I thought ran a great race last time out. Um, looked every bit of the winner until she lost at the, at the wire. Um, I didn't really like that. So I'm going to be you know boring here as well. And just, I'm going to use just the four and the five in this race.
0: Crete is a daughter of cavorting, who was a great, super, super fast Philly, and uh, look at a uh, um, half to Clarier from last year. Still in training, as far as I know. Okay, uh, I landed on. I went with a little price. Now, I I do think that Sweetest Pie is going to be really tough to beat. And if I play the pick five, I would, you know, I would play some ticket with Sweetest Pie, and you know, just use prices in the other legs, but. Uh, the horse I landed on is burn a breezy had a little bit of trouble in both starts, improved slightly from first to second race and won that second race. Uh, I think has some serious upside and, uh, I've seen horses with this pattern before pop and, um, I it's, these are, these are young three-year-old fillies and, somebody's going to improve a lot. And I think it's going to be burna Breezy. And I think she's going to make it close if she doesn't win it herself.
2: Yeah. I, I looked really, really hard and long at burna Breezy. And I, what I couldn't get past was, and she really, you know, she improved normally from her first to second start. Um, but the pace was really slow in, in her in that maiden race. And I know she was able, you know, to close. Uh, at a good clip but she's just going to be faced i think with with a much stiffer early pace to keep up with and i'm not sure she's going to have that that super kick that she had in her last race but um i couldn't i I wouldn't couldn't and don't want to talk you off of that horse
1: yeah i mean the one good thing i'll say about the horse is that this morning line's way off (laughs) I mean, you're not going to get five, five, five to two on Fannie and Freddie is going to be much higher. And Verner Breeze is going to be much higher than nine to two. And, you know, Sweetest Pie and Crete are going to take all the money. So you're going right. to get a much better price than what, what it says. I don't know how they came up with this morning line, but um, it's not even close. So that's the good part is I think you'll get a better price. That Your horse could improve a lot and still finish up the track against those two. That's that's the downside. But these young, lightly raced horses, you never know. Sometimes they really do jump way up. So maybe maybe that could be the case here.
0: Not only that, but it's trained by Matt Shire, who's three for 13 and hitting at 26% with a 489 ROI the last 90 days. So uh, I would not underestimate this horse. All right, let's go to the twelfth race. It's the Colonel E. R. Bradley, and looking forward to a little history from Michael on this. Hopefully, he's got some. Uh, It's a mile and sixteenth on turf, purse of one hundred thousand, four-year-olds and up. Logical Myth is scratching from this race, and Michael, what do you got?
2: I don't have any Colonel E. R. Bradley history. You caught me off off guard there. So um, I'm sure he was a wonderful man Uh, who meant a lot to the city of New Orleans all I can say. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, there's an interesting horse in here, you know, um, two Emmys. It starts, you know, I think the race probably goes through this horse. Um, Just a neat, neat horse, a six-year-old gelding now who ran here at the fairgrounds last year, won a race, uh, ran second in the Mervyn Munez, and then, you know, somehow – just got really, really good over the summer at Arlington and ended up winning the the um the Arlington the, the what is that I can't it wasn't the the Arlington D, Million but it was the Mr. Arlington D.
1: Million
2: yeah oh it was the Arlington Million yeah yeah okay that's right, yeah it was the uh, Arlington six
0: hundred thousand know, over
2: over, <laughs> over uh, domestic spending you know who was a very nice turf horse and I think you know this horse just uses his speed to to get out there and keep going it's very gutsy you know those wins in second places were just tr- tremendous races now i'm not sure whether you know hugh robertson has his horse fully cranked and i'm not sure you know whether a mile and a 16 is kind of that advantageous to this horse um he's he seemed to excel over the longer distances but you know if you're I think, I think he's definitely a use in the pick five because he's probably one of the most likeliest winners. But the horse that I landed on was Halo again, um, who is a one time turfer over this course uh, last time out in the D'Aliberto Memorial. And talk about a gutsy race. I mean, just ran blazing, blazing early and had enough to hold off the closers. Um, and now gets a turf course that is um better set up for for his early speed um and gets Joel Rosario. Um and I think would be is gonna be a price because I do think that you know two Emmys is gonna take take some money here. Um and so those those were the two that I landed on. Um and of course, I mean there's others in here, but if I'm if I'm making a you know an exact or something, I'm gonna lean heavily on Halo again, the two horse.
0: Okay. Halo again, one for one on turf. Chris, uh, what do you think here?
1: Well, this race to me is just about as wide open as you could get. So I'm just inclined to not like favorites, like two Emmys, not saying that two Emmys couldn't win, but I don't think it's any faster or more likely to win than half a dozen others in here. So I I'll definitely be looking elsewhere. um, Halo again is kind of interesting. Um the price doesn't get me real excited, but you know, it does draw the rail with the uh you know zero with no, you know, the temporary rails down. So that's that helps that horse some has some tactical speed. It is picking up some weight. It's what's all hurt it a little bit. You know, I'm still thinking there's gonna be a give in the ground, and that that's kind of influencing my choices on the turf Uh, it did in the in the first race we talked about and it will in this um there's two horses i like both partly because i anticipate some give and one of those is right next to halo again the three horse cavalry charge who ran really big on a yielding course last time out has been freshened for this training well has tactical speed as well and an inside post Um, and I think we'll really appreciate some giving the ground and some of these others may not. So, and typically, um, you know, horses that have shown affinity for that, that given the ground do continue to do that. It's it's a little more reliable than say, you know, horses on different kinds of sloppy tracks. So I'm going to lean towards Cavalry charge at eight to one. If, you know, that one were to get bet down, there's lots of other options one in particular that I'll talk about, but I'll toss it over to Scott. So uh, he may be on one of those other horses. We can hear about that, and then I can always jump back in if I need to.
0: Okay, well, uh, I do like Michael's horse, Halo, again. Uh, I did pick him second, though. I I would use him for sure because any horse that wins its debut uh, on turf and also gets a matched his best figure on synthetic means that he potentially has upside. Uh, but I'm going to come back to a horse I've been on a few times, and that is Monarchs Glenn. He is, you know, he's sort of he's 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 running for Michael Maker. Um, the guy knows how to develop these turf horses. Got this horse to run its best race ever at Mountaineer, at least uh, on the figures I'm looking at, last August, and then also ran pretty well at Kentucky Downs. Um, Went a little bit off form and is circling back to its best number. Ran a good number in its last race and is only carrying 118 pounds and at least has one good track race. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the complete history, but at least one good track race uh, winning effort at Gulfstream, so uh, that's the one I'm landing on.
2: And and I would, I, I'm going to go a little bit deeper um, of Chris's opinion here. This is, I think, it is wide open, and Monarch Glen will be one that I include on my ticket. Um, I, I'm a little hesitant, and I'll but I'll point this out to listeners you know mike maker is oh for 25 at the fairgrounds this meet and nearly all of those have been on turf now we all know that that, that it, there's no way that that, that that's going to continue he won't end up this meet oh for 25 in fact he's one of the streakiest trainers i've encountered over the past few years he just wins races in bunches so i just know that at some point you know he'll win you know seven out of twelve or something and And move those numbers and this tomorrow could be the day where he starts so he's not going to start it without me because there's no question this horse uh can win this race and i love joe bravo um he gets he's coming in to ride i think another horse but uh he's on this one and he's a tremendous turf turf rider so i'm going to go deeper here i'll I'll also include probably cavalry cavalry charge and maybe own agenda um as the other two that i'm going to include in here on my ticket
1: yeah, I agree. Marge Glenn's a contender. Um, I wouldn't argue with that. There's two other horses I want to mention. The one that I'm um, probably the most interested in of the two is the 11 Dynamite, um, primarily because this horse is probably the speed of the speed and it's run well on yielding courses. So if there is given the ground and it's at all speed favoring, you know. I think they're going to send from that post and if the horse can clear it may be really dangerous and it may get totally overlooked in here, so that one's always i'm always interested in a horse that might clear. That has an affinity for the surface, Um, it could be a big price now a lot of things could go wrong too. it doesn't clear it's not a yielding turf course and the turf course (laughs) is not favoring speed so. um, But. The stars could align for this horse at a big price. So I, it caught my interest in that regard. And then the other one, maybe it's five major fed who's been training real well recently, uh, has a, a um, some nice workouts. He's his first turf tribe, but he really has turf breeding. And, um, if he can translate his dirt form to turf. There's no reason why he couldn't run well in here. Um, I don't know how he'll get bet. And that's why this is a race where I think you gotta kinda spread if you're playing the picks and don't know what the prices are going to be because it's hard to project. I mean, two Emmys will be the favorite. After that, it's really hard to figure um what will what they'll play. Um, but this is one where you could play some mix vertical plays once you know the odds and you're probably gonna get a, a couple of them that that go off at, at some sort of a price that that gives you some value. It's just I can't necessarily predict who those will be right now in advance.
0: Okay, well we'll uh, we'll move to the 13th, which is it's another one of these marathon days. It's the Louisiana Stakes, a Grade Three mile and 16th on dirt, purse of 150,000 for four-year-olds and up. And our old friends, Midnight Bourbon and Mandaloon are here. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, you mentioned the length of the card, 14 races. I'm hoping that Chalk's choice gets paid by the race. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll have to renegotiate. Yes, on these days, (laughs) because Fairgrounds likes these, like, 14 race cards on their big days. Um, That seems like a bit much to me, but, hey, I guess they're trying to cash in when they can. You know, this race was a little bit like the last one I led off on the uh, Silver Bullet Day. There's sort of two standouts that are hard to separate, the two Mandalown and three Midnight Bourbon. Um, The only difference in this one is there's an alternative that's got me kind of interested, sort of, you know, my analog to Scott's Bernard Breezy last time, and that would be the six-horse Warrant. Who's the other Cox horse in here? And I do think, kind of this race is clearly a prep rather than an objective for the, the, the favorites, you know, they're thinking longer term to probably races in the middle East right now, or at least, you know, in the summer. So they're not going to be fully cranked up for this. This is more of a stepping stone. So that might open the door for somebody to pull an upset. And, you know, the, the fact that Cox has this other one in there, which is warrant the six horse, um, I think is a positive sign. This horse was a, a later starter, later developer than his stablemate. But he's the kind of horse that showed that steady development you like to see at three. He was never on the on the Derby Trail, at least not the Kentucky Derby Trail. He was more on the Ohio Derby, Mountaineer Derby, Remington Park Derby Trail. But he ran well, and he probably has a little more upside and ability to develop from his three- to four-year-old year. And this may be one where they have him a little more cranked up. want to see what they've got and where he fits. So, um, And he also can come from out of it a bit, and it seems like there's plenty of early pace on in here. I think they're going to have to be aggressive with Mandelown to make sure that uh, Midnight Bourbon doesn't get away from him. So uh, I'm thinking Warrant might be the one that can pick up the pieces late, maybe split the two favorites in the exacta and who knows maybe even pull the upset so and you could get a big price if they really pound those two which they are likely to do
0: warrant is a half to miss locust point who is a sensational sprinter at laurel and might even still be running michael what are you thinking here
2: well every time i see um mandaloon you know it just I get a little bit of PTSD from the Derby. Um, <laughs> so I don't know that I'm the most objective person to to look at this particular race because I'm just, I can't pick against, you know, my guy. Um, I just wish my guy had found another half a length in the Derby. Um, but, he, you know, he they say he's training fast. Well, you know, he's always trained fast. So, you know, that's no big Big whoop to me. Um, I, I certainly agree with Chris that, you know, the objective is not the Louisiana stakes, despite how great of a state Louisiana is. Um, the objective for both these two horses, Midnight Bourbon and Mandaloon, is, you know, down the road, either with the Dubai World Cup or the Saudi Cup, which is, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Um, that's not to say, you know, that they just will they just could win this race and run away from these others on, you know, sheer talent alone because they're clearly faster. Um, and I think about I think Chess Chief is scratched. Is that a is that right, Scott? Do you know if that's true? I think he's going to go in the
0: I um, see him. I saw him as a contender on DRF for the Pegasus. So I, I think he's yeah. going
2: to the Pegasus is what I heard today. But. So check yeah, that. Yeah, I heard the listeners. same.
1: I heard that he yeah. scratched. I think it was Marcus said the same thing or somebody that he was scratching for the precises.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, now we're down to six, you know, and I, I totally 100% agree with Chris on Warren. I think if there's a horse that, you know, this is the kind of race that Cox wants to, you know, knows he can win with this horse and he might be a little bit more cranked. And he certainly, you know, he was developing into a really nice, had a great looking pattern. Uh, in september um and then they stopped on him and so he's you know he's 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 one that could take a step forward more likely maybe than these other ones who you know they just ran so fast over the summer that it's hard to really step forward even as a four-year-old so warrant those three would probably just be the ones that i would use on any sort of picks but i i went on top i went with mandalone and i picked chalk second midnight bourbon
0: And, and warrants as your third
2: yes warrant will definitely be on my because as you know chris said i mean i, I think these two horses could e- easily be like three to five and four to five eat you know each and so we could see i mean you you literally could see 15 20 to one on warrant which is which is a ridiculous price i mean i would make that horse probably more like eight to one to win maybe you know eight to ten so if he's you know 18 to one, 20 to one. That's, that's where the money has to go.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take a shot against those two favorites. I'm going to go with sprawl who, um, has run almost, almost fast enough is uh, to, to win this race in the past. has a couple of r- good races as a four-year-old, uh, ran fast as a two-year-old, um, has not broken through yet, but did win a stakes at Mountaineer, the $200,000 stakes. Uh, he is coming off a brief layoff and he did that last year at fairgrounds. And even though he didn't win, he still ran his best figure and he's putting the Lasix back on, which, you know, his last race is kind of a toss potentially because of that. So, uh like, I would basically, if I play the pick five, which I probably will because I'm going to single Sprawl and just hope for the best and hope for uh, a big number.
1: So what kind of trip are you hoping Sprawl gets? Because I partly, I, I just don't see the trip that he gets that wins. I'm hoping for a winning trip. (laughs) (laughs) okay well that's a that's a a good answer Uh, i think what chris is
2: yeah i think what chris is trying to say is uh he he's gonna be the same he's the same type of style horse as maybe midnight bourbon and mandaloon and they're all going to be kind of up there i think warrant probably to me you know looks like the trip out if there's going to be one he'd be the horse that's running fourth fifth and let these three horses just you know go ding dong on the front or and run fast and here comes a warrant with his closing kick to to run past them. But um sprawl certainly has run the times before or close to it as you said to win. It's just a question of, you know, is he is he is he is he good enough? Can he run his best race? And Lasix does help him for sure. Can he run his best race tomorrow?
0: Yeah, I mean his best buyer figure was a 98 two races ago and that was the last time he was on lasix and um you know uh this is uh if 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 one of the two favorites wins this one it's just you know the the pick five is not gonna be that great so uh and and that may be the case uh it's it's more like an action pick five play for me so
1: yeah it just seemed like singling him is kind of <laughs> a stretch but you'll definitely get paid if you if you beat the the favorites in this race
0: i'll have a small win bet on him as well because you know you, you don't want to win with a 15 to 1 and uh and then lose in some other leg
1: yeah definitely i think that would be the better bet than singling him in the pick five just play him to win if you think he's got a shot um So, uh, and, and maybe, you know, his best race maybe could get it done. If he gets the right trip and he runs his best race and the two favorites, neither one, you know, are run anywhere near their best and warrant doesn't improve.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, then you got a shot. (laughs) Yeah, Now, you know, one, one thing I did notice uh, sprawl is four for five at the distance. So keep that in mind. (laughs)
1: <laughs> maybe he'll be five for six after this race.
0: <laughs> he he could be. and he'll, If he loses, he'll be four for six. Still good. Little side note for you there. All right, let's go to the last race on the card. It is the Lecomte. It's a grade three mile and 16th on dirt. Purse of 200,000 for three-year-olds. Michael, where are you at?
2: Yeah, I'm so. I mean, I apologize to listeners again. I just, um, you know, I I, it, I think, Scott, you made the point, or Chris. I it, it seems chalky. You know, it seems there's not a lot of value in this pick five, and I, I mean, I've just been very impressed over the last two or three starts um, with Papa Cap, and you know, he he was really fast as a two year old, which is a little bit of a concern. Horses that are, you know, really fast as two-year-olds, you know, you, you, you're you not necessarily going to see an immediate uh, improvement when they make a start. And this one, you know, just ran in November. Um, but golly, he just looks like, you know, he's, he's fast. He has tactical speed. He's been around two turns. Uh, he's working well. Um, this is the one that Bravo, of course, comes in to ride. And, I mean, he ran behind Corniche twice in really good efforts. And Corniche is going to be your two-year-old champion, I, I'm assuming. And you just don't know, though. You know, the, the the unknown is this clearly is not, you know, a race that Mark Cassie wants to win for, you know, but it is a points race and, you know, points matter. And I think if he can win, he almost, I think, may all, almost ensure himself of getting in the Derby. Um but you know, it is his first start as a as a as a three year old. So, but that that will be my top pick. Um, you know, if I'm looking for a little bit of an underneath horse, um, I like one of the locals, which is at a price, which is Trafalgar. Um, another one that you know is going to did appreciate going around. You know, uh, two turns, gutsy win last out, first on Lasix. Probably didn't beat very much, but, um, you know, he went pretty good early um, for this track anyway. And I know that Al Stahl really likes this horse. Um, To put him in here, you know, instead of another allowance, um, I I think he's going to take another step forward. And I I think the morning line on this one is not going to be accurate. I think this horse is probably more like a 10 to one shot. That's what would attract me to this one. Um, not the five-to-one morning line price. So those are the two, um, but I might go a little bit deeper if I'm going to play you know, a pick five to a few others, but I'll let you all talk about your picks before we come back to that.
0: Papa Cap going to take a lot of money here. Chris, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing to keep in mind, the West Coast horses shipping east of three-year-olds typically do very well. You know, everyone knows about the Baffert ones, but even the ones who are shipping to get away from Baffert, like Papa Cap, who is undefeated in any race where he's, there's not a Baffert horse in it. So, um, and he's not going to face Baffert, Baffert in here. So, yeah, you know, I, I there's nothing wrong with that horse. Clearly, though, this is they're already thinking triple crown. This is just a step, you know, means towards an end. He's not going to be fully cranked up. I'm always more interested in the horses that haven't made the big forward move yet than the ones that are that have. So I'm willing to try to take a shot against him, but I do agree. He's probably the most likely winner and he's been training real well since he got to the fairgrounds, he has some really good workouts. So I wouldn't talk anybody out of that. Um, But if you are going with him, I think you probably want to stay skinny in this leg because he will be the favorite, probably a solid favorite. Um, so, you know, with that preface, um, I'm going to lean and, and you know, the other favorites epicenter of the five, that's an Asmussen horse ridden by Rosario. That'll take, that's the other horse that's going to take money. Now I'm going to go with the other Asmussen horse, the nine horse presidential. You know, this is the kind of horse I like to play in these three-year-old races. It's been freshened. It's lightly raced. It has a lot of upside. It's been training well. It's from a Kind of barn where the, the horses tend to keep getting better every start. And uh, this horse can come from off the pace in a race I think is full of speed and, you know, just not unusual in three year old derby preps. But it does seem like almost all the main contenders want to be mixing it up on the front end. And he might be the one who can sit the trip, uh, kind of like Warrant in the previous race, same rider um and you know with a smart ride drops back settles makes one run the other horses are tiring and maybe at a big big price he's 21 in the morning line uh he could be the the upsetter so i'm going to go with the nine presidential as the the bomber in here the other asmussen
0: right i'm uh, uh i'm a little disappointed to see the pace scenario however because i i hadn't looked at that before i landed on my pick who is the six cyber knife but you know the horse hasn't had the lead he's been sitting third after the quarter in both in all three of its races third or fourth so uh don't think you know has doesn't have to have the lead um is just a fast horse so could contribute to a pretty fast pace but uh, is one-for-one at fairgrounds, one-for-one going two turns. Uh, Brad Cox has a nice workout, um, a nice bullet January 15th, best out of uh, 41, Uh, and fits on the numbers. I mean, it's just as fast as pop a cap on the numbers I'm looking at. I'm not sure about the blinkers on. I'm not sure why they're adding the blinkers, but – you yeah, know, so maybe that'll make him even more keen. I, I don't know. So I'm a little bit worried about that, but my pick will be Cyberknife.
1: Uh, if you watched his races, you'll know why they put the blinkers on. This horse is really goofy, <laughs> really green. Um, and I think they're trying just to get him a little less distracted and focused. I, I think there's more than you've seen with this horse. It's probably not a bad pick. He's the kind, he to me... Trying to think of a horse, who might, and, and I can't think of one offhand, but I mean, the problem with some of these horses, they never get smart, you know, they stay goofy forever, but sometimes the light bulb goes on, maybe it's a change of equipment like this, and they, you know, they start to, to mature and focus mentally, and, you know, he could put it all together, so uh, that's an interesting pick, I think, and I understand the blinkers, it makes perfect sense, and it might actually make a difference in the way he performs.
2: You know, he had blinkers his first race, and um, he got disqualified. Um, so I don't know. He was—he's just a—he might just be, as you said, Chris, just a goofball, you know, and just doesn't, you know, he'll never figure it all out because they put the blinkers on first out. He won, ran a tremendous race, but got DQ'd. And then, you know, um, he's coming back with blinkers, but he is older. So, you know, maybe he has matured a little bit. I couldn't, again, I couldn't argue against him. It just, it's going to be very hard for me to take any sort well, you can't take the price that they're going to offer on Papa Cat. Um, so you got to look elsewhere. I'm a little bit against Epicenter. You know, I think he got a perfect trip set up in his last race. He might be a little bit overvalued by, by better. So that might be the way that I'm playing this, just to kind of get more value with others and take a little bit of stand against Epicenter.
1: Yeah, you probably don't want to play both him, he and the Papa Cap. You got to choose between those two if you're going to play more than one horse in here. And of the two, I would lean to Papa Cap, too, just for all the reasons you've said. And um, and just he's a little better. He's done more heading into this race than Epicenter for sure.
0: All right. Well, if we've concluded that race, I will ask you guys if you have any spot plays on the, the other nine races
2: i have a, i have an interesting uh yeah race nine to me was i love maidens um there'll be i think there'll be a couple scratches in here the one and the two i think um but this race is the three horse um is interesting to me and i hope we get the price that they're offering at 12 to 1 it's a west point thoroughbred dallas stewart train million dollar purchase. So I mean an extremely expensive horse. And West Point is one of these stables. It's a it's a syndicate. And they 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 seem to, I don't have the numbers, maybe Chris has them, but they seem to win an awful lot of their first time starters. Um, not as much as Clarovich, who is, in my opinion, the best first-time starting ownership group in ever. Uh they win a lot, but this horse. Is bred to win early, um, and he's working very, very well. And Dallas Stewart, who used to be terrible with first-time stars, almost like a throwout, could, has now become you know really good. And if you take that one – I mean, I, the numbers I'm looking at are 120 starts, 13%, but he's really probably over his last 60, probably even closer to 20%. He's gotten really good for some reason. That's going to be an interesting horse. And there's another one in that race. The eleven, I'm your captain, by a horse that I used to really like, lovable list. This is a total homebred owner, Hugh Robertson, also working extremely well, and that horse will be thirty plus to one. Um, and the real opinion I have is I'm kind of really against the cocks in there, Gano, uh, the nine, who will be the big favorite, but has already run three times, and just my experience, you know, these cocks horses. If they don't win a couple, you know, first two or three starts, they're almost like automatic bet against, um, especially when he's running back in the same class um, and against, you know, first-time starters. So I'm probably going to take a big swing at this race with the three uh, Vinco and the 11. I'm Your Captain, Um, probably starting pick threes with my plays in the 10th and the 11th and see if i can that's probably my favorite part of the whole card those that three race sequence so that's where i'll focus most most of my near final wagering dollars
1: <laughs> <laughs> um one note on Venko. supposedly he was training with unified report who's in the the, the, the comp so he's been training Yeah, with uh, a a pretty good horse, so that's just another reason maybe to like that. What's another reason you might not get twelve to (laughs) one? No, not going to get twelve to one.
2: (laughs) Where where is fixed odds when you need it? Uh, Yeah, but I think, but you know, I do think the Cox is I think is not going to get be seven to two either. In my opinion, I think that horse will be, you know, nine to five, eight to five, probably. So I think you'll get a little bit, but no, nowhere near twelve to one more like probably nine to two or five to one possibly but i'm going to take a stand in this
1: race it'll be interesting to see how the horse runs i did have one the rice right prior to that um it's a five and a half furlong turf race the eighth the duncan f kenner stakes just might's going to be a big favorite in there if there is given the ground you can make the case just might does not run well when there's given the ground and there's a horse the one horse sir alfred james Who runs well on anything turf poly dirt he's got speed i he draws the rail i think if just might doesn't quite take to it he could just gun out of there and just dust the field he's not a big price he's five to one but um uh i do think they're gonna bet just might pretty heavily and that manny wall the seven horse is kind of the obvious second choice so I think he'll get a square price and sir for james, and I think he's got a really good chance to win, and the more given the ground there is, the better his chances. I did want to say one other thing about we we talked we covered the pick five um, I can't say I recommend you bet the pick five at the fairgrounds because the takeout is just ridiculously high they they have a twenty five percent rake. On the pick five, that's that's the highest in the country that I'm aware of. And um, that's just ridiculous. So I think you're better off betting these races in some other pools than the pick five. So I got I got to toss that out there. It's not a player friendly takeout on the, the fairgrounds pick five.
0: All right, well, I did not have a chance to look at any other races, so I do not have a spot play. But um uh, that's fine. We'll leave it at that. I'd like to thank our guest, Michael Baychok. Michael, thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you guys. I, I really I do enjoy this brings a little bit, this brings the fun back into it when you can exchange opinions and get in depth and talk about, you know, the horses and, and patterns and uh in good stakes races. And um this has been enjoyable. I, I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Back at
0: you. Well, we appreciate having you, and that will conclude show number one fifty-seven of the Sport of Kings Pod. Good luck at the fairgrounds, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout.
1: I'll see you on Sport of Kings.
0: Cheers. Giddy up.